Well, this morning, this is the last sermon per se, okay? Uh, this is the end of our, our study on, on, on spiritual gifts. Uh, we, we've called this, this study Gifted Kids. Uh, all of us are gifted kids if we know Jesus. Every one of us. There's not, there's not a Christian who knows Jesus Christ. You can't be a Christian if you don't know Jesus Christ. Let me clarify. But if, you're, if you know Jesus Christ, you bear His name, you have a spiritual gift. So we're gifted kids. And our series has, has been about embracing those gifts, but not just embracing them. It's been about expressing them and experiencing. And so we're coming to the end of our study next Sunday. We're going to have a, a service. I'm, uh, I wish I could tell you what it's going to be like, but all I know is the Holy Spirit's going to come. Okay, that's all I know. I'm good enough with that. All right. He, he told me to do it. He, he's not giving me a lot of details about what he plans to do, so... You know, I'm just, we're just going to let him have the floor and, and, and move as he, as he sees fit. They're his gifts anyway. And so we're going to have a, an impartation and an activation Sunday. I understand biblically what those words mean. Uh, I just don't know how he's going to, to work. And so we're going to trust him. You say, well, pastor, that's kind of scary. I don't know what to expect. Well, you ought to be in my place, okay? <laughs> Because I don't know what to expect. But here's what I, I know about God. Here's what I know about Jesus. Here's what I know about the Holy Spirit. I know He loves us. And I know He has a plan and a purpose for us. And I know He would not have wasted your time for nine months studying the gifts of the Spirit if He didn't intend to use those things in the future and in the days ahead in our church, okay? I know. So I'm, I'm going to trust him. I know he's not weird, but I know he does things that sometimes are, are different. Sometimes, uh, I, I, I love the, the, there's a movie, and some of you will be familiar with this. It came from a book, but it's called The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And if you know that story, uh, there's, a, there's a, a moment when, when the children, uh, they ask Mr. Beaver, uh, is God safe? Or is Aslan safe? Aslan's the lion, but he represents God. And Mr. Beaver says, oh, he's not safe, but he's good. Okay? And that's when you begin to really walk with Jesus. And you break loose from the, the religious garbage that most of us have, the Kool-Aid we've drank. We find out God is, he's not safe sometimes. Sometimes he pushes us beyond the bounds we feel like are safe. But you know what? When he pushes us, he's already there, and he goes with us. And so we're not alone. So, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not getting him doing something. But today we're going we're gonna to finish up our series. Last week we looked at discovering the gifts. We've, we've looked for a long time at each gift. We built a foundation in the beginning for how the gifts, why there were gifts, what the body is, what the atmosphere is supposed to be, uh, all of those kind of the environment of love. And today we're going we're gonna to look at developing our gifts. It's not enough to know you have a gift, okay? It's, it's not enough. And so we're going to talk about that today. But every believer is called to, to understand their spiritual gift or gifts. I, I personally believe you have more than one, uh, but, or, or you have a gift mix. But we're all called to understand that. And we're supposed to know our unique purpose 
of why they're in our life. It's not enough to discover them, okay? It's not enough to, 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 to realize, okay, I've got a gift. It's not enough to know that they're there. It's not enough to know their names or even how they work. All of us have to be active in developing our gifts. If we don't develop our gifts, you know what will happen? We won't use our gifts. And if we don't use our gifts, we have wasted what God has given us. And I, for one, realize that I'm in the, I don't know if I'm in the fourth quarter yet, but I feel like I am of life. And you know what? I don't have time to waste anything else. Okay, I wasted a lot of things up to this point, but I just don't want to waste anymore. So we have to be active in developing, and and we have to be using them. It's just not enough to know you got a gift. We've been called to use our gifts, and we've been called to use them so that we can serve other people. Okay, that's why we're here. We're to serve one another, and we're to serve the ones that are out there that have yet to meet Jesus Christ. The gifts, as, as, as you may remember, the, the Greek word for the gifts are charismata. And literally, what that means is grace gifts. And you know what? Grace cannot fully be manifested until it is given away. It's not grace, really, as long as you hold on to it. It becomes grace when you give it to somebody else. That's what Jesus did. He gave us grace. We didn't deserve it, folks. We, we didn't. I don't care how good you are. I don't care what you've done. You did not deserve what he did for us. It was grace. And he's given us grace gifts. And listen, un- unless we give them away, they're no good. Peter puts it this way in, in 1 Peter 4.10. He says, as each one has received a special gift. Over and over and over. If you remember as we've studied the passages that talk about gifts. Over and over and over. The writers say. Everyone. All. To each one. Peter even echoes. He says. And as each one has received a special gift. We all have a gift. Employ it. In serving one another. As good stewards of the manifold, or literally that word means diversified or many colored. The manifold grace of God. God's grace is, 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 is like a rainbow. Of, of God's grace, his manifold grace, his, his diversified grace. God has called every one of us. Every one of us. We're not supposed to be ornaments of grace. Okay, We're not Christmas tree ornaments that he hangs on his tree and says, look at my grace. No, we're, 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 we're instruments of his grace. Okay, We're not ornaments, we're instruments. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, 1, that we are to desire, to desire earnestly spiritual gifts. We are to want those gifts. It's to be something that, that we pursue. And I, I've, I've grown up in, in, in church, and I've been a part of church as long as I can remember, and over and over, well, you're not supposed to pursue this. You're not supposed to pursue that. Paul says we are to pursue the gifts. We're to go after them. Okay? It's not my words. That's the words of the Holy Spirit. He put them in Paul's heart to write. So that desire should lead us to, those, to a dedication of those gifts, and then ultimately to their development. In other words, it's not enough to have a gift. I'm going to say this again. 
This is the way I look at it. If, if, if I've got a gift, and I, I know I have some, then I want them to function at their highest level. Okay? And I want them to function with the most power that's possible and with the most effect that can happen. I don't want to just halfway do it. I grew up with a dad who, if he said this once, he said it a million times. Son, if it's worth doing, if it's worth doing, it's worth doing right. Well, Daddy, let's just leave this in the field. It's not nobody's gonna ever know. Son, we gotta get it. We gotta get it. Well, Daddy, what if I just you know cut you know cut part of the grass? No, son, if it's worth doing right, in doing it's worth doing right. And I grew up with that. That that. So listen, it's worth doing right. If if we've got a gift, then let's have a good one. Let's have a big one. Let's 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 whatever our gift is, let's learn what it is and develop it so it's it's as powerful as it can be, so that it accomplishes everything God has given us for it to accomplish. It's not just enough to have one. All right? How many of you have a bank account and you just like to look at the numbers on your bank account, but you never write a check out of it? Probably nobody in our church is that way. Amen? Well, it's the same way with the gifts. It's time to begin to write checks on those gifts. And to begin to use them. But to do that, we have to develop it. We have, to, we have to figure out what they are and how they work. And then begin to work with them. I, I read a, a, a translation. And, and some of you will be familiar with this translation. Some of you won't be. But J.B. Phillips puts Romans 12, 6 through 8 this way. And now he's going to say instead, if you're, if you're following in Scripture, it's going to say, prophecy first. Well, J.B. Phillips tended to believe that preaching was prophecy, okay? So just understand that. He says, if our gift is preaching, let us preach to the limit of our vision. If it's serving others, let us concentrate on our service. If it's teaching, let us give all we have to our teaching. If it's our gift, and if our gift be the stimulating of the faith of others, freely give, let the man and his fellow act cheerfully. In other words, if you're going to do it, do it with everything that you've got. If you're going to use your gift, use it to the fullest. But you know what? You can't use it to the fullest unless you take some time to develop it. Paul communicates the very same message to Timothy, who is, who is his son in the faith, who's his protege, in 1 Timothy 4, 14-15. And, and after I read this passage, I, I want you to leave this one up for a little while. Uh, this, this is going to play a big part in next week. This passage is, is a very powerful passage. Uh, I don't know exactly everything that it means, but I understand that it's important. Paul writes to Timothy, and he says, Timothy, do not neglect the spiritual gift within you, which was bestowed upon you through prophetic utterances with the laying on the hands by the presbytery and the elders. Now, if you happen to be a person that, that believes you get a gift when you're born again, and that's the only gift you get, well, here's a verse that disputes that, all right? Because obviously Timothy got another gift. And it happened when, when, the, when the elders of the church came together and somebody prophesied over him. They laid their hands on him and they prayed over him. There was an impartation that took place. And he says, take pains with these things. 
What, what things? With that gift that you have. And with, with the way that it came to be absorbed in them. So that your progress... And when he says progress there, he means your growth and your development may be evident to all. Faithful utilization and development of a gift brings increased effectiveness in ministry. If we want to be effective, okay? You know from our study in gifts, I'm not talking about uh, exercising your gift on a stage somewhere for all to come and see. I'm talking about exercising your gift to serve men and women all around you in your daily life. If you want to be a... You've got to develop your gift. If you don't develop your gift, if you fail to develop your gift, you know what? It severely limits your service. So the question is, how do I do that? Have a preacher tell me, how do I develop my gift? Well, development requires something, okay? It requires that embryonic seed of the Holy Spirit's specific and unique manifestation in you. In other words, if you don't know Jesus this morning, there's no gift for Him to work on, all right? You, you have to know Jesus Christ. You have to know Him as your Savior. If, you've, if you know Him and you've given your life to Him, there is a gift there. It's in a seed form, okay? It's in a seed form. But if you remember, early on, our our, our our earliest definition of a spiritual gift. You remember that? We said that a, a spiritual gift, when you boil it all the way down, it's the way that the Holy Spirit uni- uniquely manifests Himself through you. That's what it is. I mean, at the, at the core level, it's how the Holy Spirit chooses to work through you. It's going to be different. You and, and Joe and, and Patty and Tom may all have the same gift, but it's going to be different because you are different and because the Holy Spirit is working through you. So it's going to be different. And so it's, it's a unique manifestation of the Holy Spirit. It's, 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 it's a unique manner in which He chooses to manifest Himself, to reveal Himself through us. You know what? You can't develop it if it's not there. Right? I say that because it's important. So we have to, we have to discern, discern the what, and, and then listen, the how and the means will, will become evident with experience. If, if, we, if we understand, okay, I, I know I know Jesus, and I know Jesus knows me. I, I've been born of the Spirit. I've been born from above. Then I've got a gift. I know that. In faith, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grab hold of that, and I'm going to figure out what that is. And then as I figure it out, I'm going to begin to work to develop it. And that seed's going to begin to produce. There's going to be a sprout and a plant. And if I keep watering it, and I keep working it, and I keep putting the fertilizer to it and taking care of it, pruning it when it needs it, guess what's going to happen sooner or later? There's going to be some fruit pop out. Now, I, I don't know if this has to do with my experimental garden this year, but I still got squash, and it's the end of September. I ain't got much, but I got squash, okay? I got big old stems like labor, all right? And I didn't get that much squash, but I still got squash. It's still putting on fruit. And listen, if we will develop our gift, it will continually produce fruit. The Holy Spirit will produce that fruit for us. So development of a spiritual gift begins by exercising the gift. 
You say, well, that's just pretty simple. Yeah, most of the things God does are pretty simple. They're not real complex. So we have to, we have to exercise it. Nothing will substitute for this. You've got to practice, practice, practice. Practice makes perfect, right? There are some people that believe you need to practice that until a person practices 10,000 hours on something, they don't become experts. If you, if you study the lives of, 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 of uh, Steve Jobs and, and some of the, 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 the programmers that, uh, that have changed the world with computer programs, they got in, they did everything they could to practice and to try and to continue to work and to, and to just punch, 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 and all of a sudden the light clicked on. And they have changed the way our world works. Folks, how much more should we not use our gifts? I mean, we've got the Holy Spirit within us wanting out. And so we're supposed to practice, practice, practice. And listen, if you, if you have a gift, it will begin to develop with exercise. That's just reality. A spiritual gift is a lot like a muscle. If you exercise it, it'll grow. And it will grow in strength, and it will grow in size. All right? If you don't exercise it, you know what will happen? It will atrophy. You know what that is? Well, if you want to see it live in 3D, you come see me one day, and I'll pull my bridge leg up, and I'll show you a muscle that atrophied because it gets no message from my brain. All right? It just shrank up. And that's what happens when we refuse to use our gifts. They get hard. And they shrink up. Now, so we need to practice them. We need to, to use them, to exercise them. If you have a gift of mercy, or you have a, a gift of service, or you have a gift of healings, one of the healings gifts, or if you have any other gift, start looking for opportunities to exercise it. Put it into practice. Find opportunities. Listen to me. Take opportunities. You remember the lady who had the hemorrhage of blood for 12 years? She made an opportunity. She took an opportunity. She reached out and she grabbed for what she wanted. That's what I'm saying. We don't have to sit back passively. Look for opportunities. God will, will give you opportunities wherever and whenever you find an opportunity. Take it. Go places. Listen to me. Go places where people are. You know one of the best places to learn to exercise your spiritual gift around here anyway? Walmart. Because <laughs> there's always somebody in Walmart. And there's always somebody with a need in Walmart. You say, well, well they won't let me. I'm really serious. Just go in Walmart. You say, well, well they won't let me. I, listen to me. I, you can pray for people in Walmart. You can minister to people in Walmart. You don't need to, to put the flashing light up and have them announce it over the, the, you know, the blue light. I don't guess they have blue light specials anymore, but you don't, that may be Kmart. That may be why they're out of business. I don't know. But all you got to do is just go and say, God, show me somebody that I can minister to. And then you know what God will do? He will put somebody in your path. All I have to do is exercise 
the give. You say, well, I'm not sure what it is. Just love on that person. Pray for that person. Your gift will begin to manifest, okay? It, 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 over time, it will go places where people are. You're not going to find many opportunities if you lock yourself up in the house. If you don't like people, you're not going to take many opportunities to minister to people. So go where they are. Pray for God to guide you. Look, there, there's somebody there that needs encouragement. They need a touch. They need a prayer. Or they just need somebody to talk to. Because for a lot of people, the only time they go out is to go to Walmart. You may not believe that, but that's true. So look for somebody. Go to Walmart. If, 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 and you know, if you've got a thing, if you don't like Walmart, go to Belks. Go to Macy's. Okay? Go wherever. Just go somewhere. If you think you have a teaching gift or a prophetic gift, look for opportunities to minister that gift. It may mean preaching on a street corner. Most people who see somebody preaching on a street corner think that guy's nuts. Don't you? Now, just be honest. That's one of them nutty guys. No, that's one of those guys that love Jesus just a little bit more than we do. Okay? He understands or she understands that the people who walk by him or, or her are, are dying and going to hell. It, it may be going to the street corner or to one of the rescue missions or, or maybe just somebody at work one-on-one -on -one during the lunch hour. Just open up your mouth. It means being willing and faithful. If you will provide, if you will be willing and faithful, God will provide you with all the opportunities that you can stand. All right? They, they, they'll come from everywhere. Listen to me. I want you to hear this. Opportunities are not the issue. The issue is obedience. The issue is faith. The issue is our passion. Opportunities are not. But it also means... So we've got, to, we've got to practice that gift. But it also means that, that, that I've got to realize that developing my gift means I start at the ground floor level of experience. Ground zero. And I work my way up as I grow in my understanding and as I grow in my gifting and as I begin to understand the, the, it, its potential power. Most people don't like starting at the bottom. Amen? All of us want to get right up here. All right? We want center stage. We want the floodlights on us. I want to exercise my gift now, y'all ready? Okay. That's what we want. We, we, want to be, we want to be the man or the woman. Okay? And, and listen, if that's what you want, you're likely not going to get very many opportunities because we have to start at the bottom. The problem with starting at the top is this, folks. If you fail and you will, the fall is a lot farther than the basement floor. All right? If you're going to fall, start out here. And it's not that far to the floor. And listen, all of us are going to fail. Nobody's going to get it right every time. It's not nearly as painful. It's not nearly as devastating. It's not nearly as embarrassing as from the top. God has to develop. This is a key here. God has to develop our spiritual character along with our spiritual gift. Listen, if you don't have the character, your gift will flounder. All right? 
There's a beautiful illustration of this in Scripture. How many of you remember Joseph? Joseph was the 11th of 12 sons. He was the baby boy for a long, long, long time. Uh, Jacob and... uh, Gotta get wives right. Rachel. Rachel? Yeah, Rachel. Don't y'all nod your head. Just tell, somebody help me here, okay? I'm I'm strangling on a string here. I mean, I gotta go. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, okay? Then la da da. It is Rachel because Jacob had two wives and, and he had four wives, really. Okay, we're not gonna get into all that. But anyway, Joseph is 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 the is is it looks like gonna be Rachel's only I mean, Rachel's Joseph is Rachel's only child for a long time. And he's, he's, he's the apple of his daddy's eye. And he has a tremendous spiritual gift. Okay? He's got a prophetic gift. He sees the future through his dreams. But you know what? As a teenage boy, he didn't have the spiritual maturity or the character to effectively handle the power potential that was inherent in his gift. He didn't know exactly what to do with it. So you know what he did? He went to his ten other brothers who didn't already didn't like him. Okay, because he's, he's the apple of daddy's eye. He's the one that never has to do what we have to do. And besides that, now daddy's giving him that coat that looks like a rainbow. And so what does Joseph do? He goes to his brothers and say, hey, I had a dream. And he describes his dream. And in essence, it's obvious what the meaning of the dream is. It doesn't take somebody to interpret this one. It's pretty straightforward. In other words, his brothers are going to bow down to him. Now, that wasn't exactly the best way to engender love and brotherhood. Because, I mean, how many of you have brothers and sisters? Okay? There's always a jealousy factor with our siblings. We always want to be here. We don't want to be here. Okay? And so Joseph's brothers, I'm just going to put it in language everybody else, they hated his guts. Okay? And then he goes to his dad and his mom and says, hey, I had another dream. Now he's already the spoiled child, all right? But he tells his mother and dad that that they're going to, in essence, bow down to him. He didn't have the character yet to handle the power and the level of his gift. In essence, he was like a monkey with a machine gun. In the presence of his family members. Honestly, I mean, I want you to get the idea. Because I'm going somewhere with this, alright? We don't give monkeys Uzis. Do we? Why? Because they just pull the tr- to handles everywhere. Well, that's what Joseph did. He did not have the character to handle the gift. Gifts are supposed to encourage. They're supposed to build up. They're supposed to strengthen. Those, even that prophetic word that he got was to encourage his family. It didn't encourage anybody. You say, Nelson, how do you know that? Because he ended up in a pit, and they sold him as a slave, and the other option was they were going to just kill him. Okay? So he didn't make anybody happy with the way he used that gift. 
Listen, his revelations created jealousy. They created envy. They created hate. The prophetic pictures that that he had received from God were spot on. They were as true as true could be. But he had not learned to employ that prophetic word to build up, to edify, or to encourage. He was immature. But listen, his gift was like a spiritual machine gun. And some of you, yea, all of you who have a gift have a spiritual machine gun. All right? But if you haven't developed it and your character hasn't developed along with it, what happens is you've got a dangerous weapon because you don't know how to use it. I have seen people use their gifts in ways that hurt, that wounded, that destroyed. Okay, so it it happens. So we have to learn, we have to grow with our character as we grow in our gift. And so what happens to to Joseph is he's immature, but his gift's very powerful. And the gifted one had to grow in maturity so that the gift could yield its greatest and fullest benefit his character had i mean he had to spend 15 16 more years in character building school now i know that doesn't sound like a lot of fun all right none of us want that we want to wave our hands and and the lame walk we want them that that carry crutches to throw them down that's what we want but listen you've got to develop the character to carry the gift all right or it won't edify, it won't encourage. I learned to be a servant first. God will take care of the gift. Right? And that's what Joseph had to learn. Because the next time we see him, he's in prison. Well, actually, he works his way to prison by no fault of his own. But as he's in prison, God takes away all that stuff, until ultimately he's called before the most powerful man in the world who says, hey, I understand you can interpret dreams. And Joseph doesn't say, hey, this is my chance. I'll take care of this. He says, God can. See, there's char- all the characters there. God's put it in. That God has to develop that character in us. He has to make us servants first. And when we become servants, God will promote us. And he will put us wherever he chooses. Listen, he didn't give us spiritual gifts to hurt or to offend or or, or, or to wound others. He gave them to us to edify and to encourage, not to tear down, but to build up. And when character and gifting grow uh, together uh, into maturity, and, and, and there's almost like a concert, an, uh, an orchestration of, of those two things together, miraculous things take place. They really do. And God is ultimately glorified through the gifted person. The gifted person is not glorified. And listen, it's all about development. So we have, we have to develop our gift a spiritual gift can also be developed by learning to listen. How many of you like to talk more than you like to listen? Don't raise your hands because most of you are not going to be honest. All right? We need to learn to listen. We have to be willing to submit our, our, our gifting for evaluation. 
In other words, I have to lay it out there for others to see and evaluate. Most of us, I know this, I'm going to say this with a smile because this is tough, but most of us have a far higher opinion of ourselves than reality will bear out. Do I need to say that again? Okay, y'all understood what I'm saying. All right, y'all understood. We all need a reality check. We are simply not as wonderful, indispensable, smart, or good-looking as we think we are. All right? We're not. We all need a reality check from time to time. We all need spiritually mature believers who will honestly evaluate our giftings and help us improve the quality and the performance level of our work. We need somebody to guide us. So here's what what I'm saying. Seek somebody out who will give you two things. Constructive criticism and appropriate commendation. Okay, you don't need criticism all the time. Because if you have criticism all the time, you're beat down and and, and you just pull yourself into a hole. But you don't need commendation all the time either because your head will be so big you won't be able to get in church. You won't be able to go where you need to go. You'll think you're so much better than you really are. Listen, you are not as bad as some people think, but you're certainly not as good as you think. All right? Somewhere, we think, let me put me in there with you, somewhere we're in the middle. And so we need somebody. We really do. We really need mentors. We need somebody who's spiritually mature and who walks at a very high level in their in, in the same kind of gift that, that you think you have. Find somebody that has a gift similar to you and go talk to them. Pick their brains. Learn their life experiences. Make yourself accountable to them. In other words, become a disciple. In a sense. Walk with them. Become a student. Don't be in so insecure, so fearful, so self-righteous or arrogant that you can't learn. One of the things I have found is you can learn things from anybody. 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 If you're willing to listen and you're willing to be a student, God will teach you things. Make it a priority to be a lifelong student when it comes to your spiritual gift mix. Just, just become a student. Give that person that you're walking with permission to speak truth and love into your life. Be open to their critiques. Be open to their evaluations. Don't, don't, don't get your feelings hurt. When they, when, they, when they make a comment that you don't like. Listen, if we don't learn to deal with critique, we're going to be blind to most things. Not everything's true, but a lot of things are. There are nuggets of truth in those, on those, in those comments. And so we have to listen to them and we have to apply them. We've got to learn to listen more and we've got to learn to talk less. You may have an extremely powerful gift that manifests with amazing, amazing, mind-boggling results. But I guarantee you, it didn't come that way. You didn't get the instruction manual with it. It's developed in a body. It's not developed in a void or a bubble. It's developed in the body. And so you need others around you who will encourage you You need others to help you develop your gift. And you need the character then to bear that gift. Don't surround yourself with people who tell you what you want to hear. 
All right? We don't need yes men and yes women following us around going, oh, salami, salami, baloney, you're the greatest thing I've ever seen. You say, well, that doesn't happen. Oh, it happens all the time. And you know what? If you seek those out, you will find them. There's a king in the Old Testament. His name's Ahab. He's surrounded by 500 of them. They prophesy every day, oh king, oh king, it's going to be this way and this way and this way. Salami, salami, bologna, you're the best thing since sliced bread. That's not what God said. And God sends prophets who will tell him the truth. But his response is, they only prophesy bad against me. We just don't need people surrounding us that tell us how good we are. We need people who will speak to us in truth and they will do it in love. Because like I said, we're not nearly as good as we think we are. We're not nearly as talented as we think we are. There's, here's what I've learned in life. There is always someone. I want you to listen to the, there's a lot of wisdom in the book of Proverbs. I want you to listen to these three passages. The first one I want to read is, is Proverbs eleven fourteen, Where there is no guidance, where there's no prophetic word, the people fall. But in abundance of counselors, there's victory. Proverbs fifteen twenty two. Without consultation, plans are frustrated. With many counselors, they succeed. And then in Proverbs 24, 6. For by wise guidance you will wage war. And in the abundance of counselors there is victory. What is the writer of Proverbs? What's the Holy Spirit trying to tell us? We need help. And when we get more than one person together, there's wisdom in that group of people. So we need counselors. We need people who will mentor us. All of us need mature men and women, spiritual men and women, who will guide us along our way on our journey. And they are out there. They are waiting for, for, for disciples to stop by and just talk to them. I'm going to say this again. If you haven't been to see Miss Joanne Ray, you need to go. All right, and here you say, well, why do I need to go? Well, number one, God's getting ready to take her home. All right, I, I, I just that's reality. I don't know when she's going to go. It may be ten years from now, but He is preparing her. As she says, He's making me heaven ready. All right, but I'm going to tell you something. She is dispensing nuggets. If you don't want a nugget, don't go. But if you go, be prepared because if you'll listen, you'll get something. That will, that will rock your world. There are countless people like that in all kinds of situations if we will just seek them out. God has placed them along our pathway where we walk. So avail yourself of that wisdom and experience in developing gifts. Allow their ceiling where they have climbed to to be your launching pad. That, that's one of the desires of my heart is that the next generation won't have to start where I started to learn what I have learned, that they can step from here where I can't go any further. They can step from there to the next level. Folks, that is what is, has not happened in the last 1,900 years of the church. 
We've had to go back and rediscover and, and, and find what was there in the beginning. And we're still looking for most of it. So we need, we need for their ceilings to be our launching pads. Their experience can save us tons of pain and tons of time and tons of despair. But all you have to do is learn to listen. Just listen. Ask God to guide you to that person. Pray, just say, God, sh- give me a mentor. Now, I'm going I'm to warn you, all right? I prayed that prayer because I couldn't find a pastor who would walk with me and teach me what he knew. Pastors are very, very afraid of that. I can't think of the word right now. All right, they're insecure. They're probably some of the most insecure people in the world because they're afraid if they teach you what they know, you'll take their place, all right? I'm just, I'm just being honest with you. That's most of them, all right? I'm not saying that's all of them. So I, I couldn't find a pastor. And I just began to pray. For a long time, books were my mentor. I read everything I could read. And finally, God led me to a person who was the last person I would thought it would have been. And that person walked with me for a period of time. There's been several of those people. And you know what? I grew. And I developed. They weren't who I thought they were going to be. They weren't Dr. So-and-so at First Church So-and-so or Second Church or Third Church or 25th Avenue, whatever. It was, it was just somebody that nobody would have ever thought that poured their life into me. So we have to learn to look. So just ask God to guide you. So we, 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 we need to practice we need, we need somebody to mentor us, but we also need to educate ourselves, okay? We live in a day when there is an abundance of information and resources available at the touch of a button. It's that simple. I just hit a button, and there are more articles than I can ever read. Remember last week I told you how many million articles there were on swimming? How to swim? That's just one topic. <laughs> There's a wealth of books. We can, you, you, don't necessarily, you can get books electronically or you can get them in paper. There, there, are, there are articles you can read. There are podcasts you can listen to on your telephone or your computer. There are seminars that you don't even have to travel anymore. You can tune right in on your television. There's training and there's conferences that provide a rich source of information and they will help you develop your own spiritual gifts. There's no longer an, an excuse of ignorance. Well, I just didn't know that. You don't know it because you're too lazy to look for it. Okay? I forgot to smile. That's reality. We don't know it. It's because we're too lazy to look for it. I used to take my vehicle uh, to, the, to the garage for anything because I don't understand how engines work. My daddy didn't teach me that. All right? Then I discovered YouTube. All right? Now, there are certain things I don't mess with, but I can fix the door handles and the, and the latch on my tr- truck as good as a mechanic can. I put a new grill on my truck as fast as a, a body man can. Well, how'd you do that? I watched YouTube and the guy just explained it. Showed me what tools to use. There are, there are resources that are available and they're 
they're easily accessible to anybody willing to invest a little time, a little effort, and maybe a little money. And listen, this is one of the things, this is a freebie here, but when you find a good resource that is reliable and, and biblical, then research the bibliography, who that person quotes, and read the, the people that he quoted. Follow those out. Beat those, those trails out. Not everything you read, everything you see, or everything you hear will be worth keeping. Okay? Just because it's on the internet, I know you know this, but let me say it again. It doesn't mean it's true. All right? So not everything you see or hear or, or read will be worth keeping. Some of it's worthless, but it, learn to eat the fish and spit the bones out. That's what do you mean by that? Take what is good and what is biblical and what is true. Hold on to that. Trash the rest of it. I've got some books in my library that have one page of value. I'm being honest with you. They've got one good page in about 200. I've got others that are good from front to back. You just have to learn to eat the fish and spit the bones out. And then just ask the Holy Spirit to guide you and keep you from error. When, when you read or when, you, when you're watching a video or when you're, you're going to a conference, Holy Spirit, I just ask you to guard my mind. Fill it with truth and keep the lies out. And you know what? He will do that. He will do that. He'll help you. You will know when something's not true. But you just can't throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? You've got you to gotta take what's good out from among what's not. So just act. don't be afraid. Educate yourselves. It's going to require, developing your gifts is going to require a little study. Expertise is acquired through experience and education. Become a student of your gift. Uh, several of the gifts I've got, I've got 75 and 100 books on those gifts and how they express. Because I wanted to know what they were. I didn't have anybody to teach me or tell me. All right, I came out of a out of a out of a system that those gifts weren't even real anymore, and yet that gift kept manifesting. And I thought, okay, I'm either nuts or somebody has sold me a bill of goods. And so I've been again to study those gifts. And you know what? Some of those books are useless, and some of them are not. But I, I found information that would help me and would explain why I felt the way I felt or thought the way I felt or, or acted in some instances like I acted. And all of a sudden I realized I wasn't as weird as I thought I was. And I think I'm pretty weird, okay? And I know some of you think I'm really weird. But I'm not as weird as you may think. Okay? So we, ex we, we, we acquire expertise through experience and through education, read, listen, saturate yourself with information about your gift. Become an expert on your gift. And what will happen is you will see the development of your gift become fine-tuned and focused. It'll become like a laser if you'll invest the time in learning about it. It's not enough to hear a sermon one Sunday in your life about it, okay? It's just not enough. Ultimately, as you seek to develop your, your, your spiritual gift through practicing and through listening and through study, ask the Holy Spirit to cultivate and to care for what He has implanted in you. 
we've said this over and over, that spiritual gift or gifts that you have, that I have, were given to us by the Holy Spirit. They're given to us. And listen, spiritual gifts, one, one author I, I read said that, that you can compare them to seeds. They start small, they bloom, but they bloom and they put on fruit with proper care. How many of you realize that in an acre there's a potential of an oak tree? It, it amazes me when I see an acre and then I see some of the oak trees that are around just on this property. They started in a little acre. The potential of every spiritual gift is infinite. Okay? Because its source, who is the Holy Spirit, is infinite. These, what I'm talking about, are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They are not the gifts from the Holy Spirit. They are the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He is giving us Himself. And so that uh, of an infinite God. Infinite. Everyone contains the very power uh, of an infinite God in seed form. And you know what? The potential is there. But that potential has to unite with perseverance, it has to unite with obedience to accomplish God's will. There's a partnership involved with God. We are to be conduits through which the Holy Spirit flows to do what He has chosen to do. To do infinite work through, through, through cracked vessels, finite vessels that are, that are messed up. He's chosen to use us as the conduit, but i got to choose to be the conduit. You have to choose to be the conduit. Listen, whenever this occurs, whenever the Holy Spirit flows through us, the power of heaven flows to earth. And God's will, folks, is done and His kingdom comes. Heaven kisses earth in that moment. And when that happens, the kingdom of darkness is devastated and the devil's work are destroyed. That's what happens every time we utilize our gift in the power of the Holy Spirit. Those things take place. Early in Paul's letter to the Corinthians, he, he makes this statement in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 4 and 5. He says, My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of wisdom, but in a demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not rest on the wisdom of men, but on the power of God. Listen, the gospel of the kingdom, the good news, the gospel of Jesus Christ is not a powerless message. It was designed and it was infused with power so that when it was preached, when it was, when it was spoken, when it was demonstrated, the power of the Holy Spirit would flow. It's not just words, folks. There's a, there's a, there's a flowing of the Holy Spirit in your spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. Jesus was dead. Amen? Nailed to a cross. Dead. Dead is dead is dead. There's no way he didn't swoon. He didn't, you know, he, he, he wasn't uh, resuscitated back. He was dead. His blood had bled out. Of, he had bled out. Let me just say that and move on. Okay? He was dead. Scripture says the same power the same person who lives in you raised Jesus from the dead. 
It was the power of the Holy Spirit that caused Jesus to rise up. And he has put the same power in us. I I don't think you get that, okay? The same power that took a dead, lifeless body that had been crucified and raised it up lives in us and wants out. Just wants to manifest himself through our hands and through our mouth and through our feet and through a gift that he's given us. Listen, if we don't develop our spiritual gifts, we deny God's power and we waste his resources. Okay? And we're missing out on one of the greatest promises that's ever been given to us. I'm going to give you two verses and then I'm going to close. There's a passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9. It says this, Things which eye has not seen and ear has not heard and which has not entered the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love Him. I think a part of that is the utilization of our gifts. You say, well, why do you think that, Nelson? Because... The Holy Spirit says it a little differently than Jesus says it. In John chapter 14, verse 12, Jesus says this, Truly, truly, amen, amen, if you've got a King James, Truly, truly, I say to you, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he shall do also. And greater works than these shall he do, because I go to the Father. Now, you can slice that, you can dice that, you can interpret it any way you want to interpret it. Use whatever Greek text you want to use, but it says what it says. Jesus says, if you believe in me, you will do the things I did, and you will do even greater things than I did. Now, I can't understand that. I can't wrap my head around that, but here's what I've committed. I believe that. And if it's true, and I believe it is, or Jesus wouldn't have said it, then we should be walking it out. And the only way we can walk it out is if we develop our gifts. Because that's the way the Holy Spirit manifests Himself through us. And listen, He wants to. He Give us what you want, show us how to use it, and we'll use it whenever you tell us to. That's what He's looking for. Now my question today is, and I'm going to close, are you developing your gift? Have you discovered? If, you've just, if you're in the process of discovery, it's okay. You're, you're, you're developing. You're figuring out what it is. But don't stop once you get a name for it and, and you put a label on it. Don't file it away in a, in a file in the back of a Bible or, or a book and, and, and say, well, you know, I found that out. I'm moving on. No, you need to develop it. You need to develop it. Because if you're not developing your gift... You're neglecting it. And if you're, not negle- if you're neglecting it, let me say it that way, if you're neglecting it, you're wasting your spiritual inheritance. Okay? Every one of us, one day will give an account of what we did with what we had. All right? Now, a lot of people think that God's going to say, well, you sinned, you sinned, you sinned, you sinned, you sinned, you sinned. I, I, I personally, if you know Jesus, Jesus paid for those sins. Okay, they're covered by the blood. I believe we're going to give an account of what we did with what he gave us after that. 
Well, Nelson, you, you missed your opportunity there because you didn't have any faith. You knew it, didn't you? Yes, Lord, I did know it. Why didn't you step out? Well, Nelson, you had this gift. Why didn't you ever use this one? Well, Lord, I was afraid that was a little weird for me. You know, that was strange. That, that wasn't what I was taught. That's not going to cut it, all right? I don't know how God's going to respond. I don't know if he's going to go, mm, 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 and move on. I don't know, okay? But I don't want to stand in that place. I want to be in the line that gets this. Well done, good and faithful servant. Enter into the joy of your master. I gave you five talents, you turned it into five more. I gave you that little gift, Nelson, and you used it to the extent that it could be used. That's what I want to hear, okay? I don't want to hear the words waste or neglect or ignored, all right? And I don't think most of you do. So we need to develop it. Practice it, okay? Study it. Find somebody who will walk with you and ask the Holy Spirit just to reveal. It's, it's a very simple thing. And then just walk. Don't wig out. Don't freak out. Just walk. If you'll ask for opportunities, God will give them to you. If you'll take those opportunities, it will not be long until you figure out at least what your gift is. All right? Let's pray. For more information on Eagles Wing Church, visit our website at www.eagleswingchurch.org or on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Eagles Wing Church. Thanks for listening and have a blessed week.